Welcome to the Write Your Book in a Flash podcast with top business leaders. You'll learn how successful people just like you grow their businesses, expand their influence, and make more money by writing a book. On each episode, you'll learn the inside secrets to help you create a book that can serve as a powerful marketing tool to skyrocket your business. I'm your host, Dan Janelle, the author of Write Your Book in a Flash. I help thought leaders, business executives, and entrepreneurs write their books. To find out more, go to writeyourbookinaflash.com. Welcome, everyone. I'm delighted to welcome two guests to our show today, Richard Citrin and Michael Couch. Welcome, gentlemen. Hey, Dan. Good to be with you. Thank you. uh, Great to be with you. Fantastic. Richard, why don't you introduce yourself first, and then Michael, go right after him. Tell us a little bit about yourselves. Absolutely. Well, Dan, it's great to be with you. Uh, my career, I've had an amazing career. I'm, I've been trained as a, as a clinical psychologist. I did that work early in my career, got involved in uh, building a large uh, consulting and clinical practice, uh, which I then sold to a healthcare company uh, before moving into corporate healthcare, uh, which was a tremendous experience. I, I love the fact that I had a chance to really run a small business and then move into corporate healthcare. And then uh, after 12, year, 12 years in the corporate world, I decided to leave that and open my own consulting practice focused around leadership, strategy, and helping businesses to be successful in what they've done. And I've been doing that for the past, oh, 10 years now and just having a blast doing it. Great fun. Fantastic. And I know you as the master of resilience. Well, we'll talk about books in a little bit, but it's been as well over the past 10 years that I began to see myself as an author. Uh, and have written, uh, I wrote three books, but two in the last 10, uh, which have really has really been a, a kind of a new new challenge, new experience, and, and very, very rewarding uh, to be able to see myself in, in that light, which is something I, I hadn't done before. Fantastic. Michael, tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, yeah. So um, uh, I'm the uh, president of the very creatively named Michael Couch and Associates. Uh, and like Richard, uh, I've had a varied career. My, uh, I'm a psychologist as well, but industrial and organizational psychology is, is, uh, is my background and applied my trade in, uh, in manufacturing for many years, uh, you know, f- f- you know, in strategic talent management uh, activities. Uh, I had an opportunity to move out of that area and uh, work for a manufacturing company where I ran manufacturing and ran operations for a while as well as headed up a business unit. And uh, that opportunity, uh, we sold the business in 2007 and uh, gave me an opportunity to start my own uh, own practice. So that's uh, uh, as like it's about the same time that Richard uh, started, so it's been about you know 13 years now doing, you know, working with uh, organizations of all kind to create high high performing cultures as well as to build strategy driven uh, leaders, teams, and organizations. So that's the uh, uh, and and like Richard, it's just too much fun. I tell people I'm unemployable. I couldn't go back and work for somebody else now. It's just too much uh, too much fun being on our own. Fantastic. I'm sure a lot of people listening are feeling the exact same way, but they have a problem, and that that is they need to stand out from everyone else who has wonderful credentials. So my suggestion for them is to write a book, because that's one way to stand out. Uh, Now, you guys have written a book together, and this is my 40th show. Thank you very much for being on it. And you're the first couple, (laughs) to use that word uh, incorrectly, the first uh, duo to to co-write a book I'd be on the show at the same time. So I'd like to focus on 
those areas. First, Richard, tell us just in, in two sentences, what is the book about? What is the title of the book? So we can get our arms around that. And then we'll delve into more of the issues about working with the co-author. Yeah, so the, the title of the book is Strategy-Driven Leadership, colon, The Playbook for Developing Your Next Generation of Leaders. And it's really about a book, it's really a book that helps organizations to develop their leadership core in a way that's very customized and focused on driving success for that business. Fantastic. Now, who originally came up with the idea for the book? Uh, that uh, I think that came from me. Uh, so there, I had actually started a, a book uh, idea a while ago, and it was on strategy-driven organization development, sort of an esoteric and and, uh, and academic kind of book. Uh, uh, but then it was starting working with Richard. We uh, we just started building a core of of, of evidence based practices around leadership development, and it's and it really clicked. And so we uh, decided to take that whole idea and, and morph it into focusing on strategy driven leadership. Okay, so Michael, you had the idea for the book. Why, at what point did you say I need to work with someone else to make this book complete? Uh, I think it was mostly the the fact that Richard and I were doing this together uh, as cl- with our clients, and and yes, I struggled at times with uh, you know deciding which way to go with a book, uh, and it was it ended up being uh, very helpful uh, to get focused by working uh, working with somebody who I had a working relationship with already. Uh, we're not a couple yet, but you know uh, we have a good working relationship. And uh, and who also we we tried we tried and proved out the methods so it was great to be able to refer to the experiences we've had and and uh, and then using the book just to sort of organize and put it down and uh, it, it would, once once we got to that stage I felt it went pretty pretty smoothly it was pretty easy. Okay. You know, Dan, it's a it's a it's a fascinating story. To be first of all, Michael and I own our own companies, so we don't we don't it's not one company. Michael is Michael Couch and Associates, and I'm. Citroen Consulting, but we've had this you know, 10-year relationship where we've worked with a variety of clients together. We have our own clients as well, and we've really evolved this model of leadership development. I just want to jump in quickly and talk a little bit about the writing process or how we came to write the book, which was that we decided that we would just sit down and start writing the book during the, during 2018. And I, I, you know, we said, you know, listen, we'll write it, we'll self-publish it, we'll have it as a marketing piece. That'll be fine. If we do anything more with it, that's great. And if not, that'll be fine. So we weren't under any time pressures to write the book. We took seven or eight months to write the book. And when we showed it to a gal who was going to be our publisher here locally, she read the book and she said, you know, you guys have an amazing amount of IP, intellectual property. You should think about commercially publishing it. So we spent uh, November and half of December of 2018 writing a book proposal sent it off to half a dozen publishers in January, and within a matter of three weeks, we had, we had three, three acceptances on the book proposal. So we, we thought we had something really great, and it wasn't a situation where it was high pressure for us. So, you know, I think, and Michael, I think you would agree that it was really, a, other than the, art, the work of writing, which has always been arduous, uh, the experience was overall pretty positive. Yeah, I had found it uh, uh, enjoyable. Uh, where uh, you know, where at times you think writing can be a burden, I looked. I ended up looking forward to it. Right. How did you decide who would write what? Yeah. Well, we uh, we had a pretty good outline for the book. 
to begin with. And the one thing that I had done in the previous book is when I had the outline, anytime I wrote something, I wrote it related to a section of the book. Uh, so when I did an article or a blog or something like that, I, I said, well, let's take a part of that book. So we tended to I – I already had some content that matched, but uh, Richard and I's backgrounds uh, and uh, areas of expertise are a little bit different. So it was uh, – we, we found it very easy to say, well, you take those pieces and I'll take uh, these pieces because of the experience and content we already had. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Michael comes from a little more of an HR background than I do. So a number of the HR – kinds of issues like talent analytics, for example. Uh, he was much more, much better versed than I was. I'm a little more focused on the coaching aspect. Yeah. So I was able to work on that piece. But I have to say it was really a, a collaboration. Michael would write something, he'd send it to me. Uh, you know, I, I'd give feedback, I'd make some modifications and suggestions. I'd write something, I'd send it to Michael, and he would make modifications and suggestions. And after two or three runs of that, we wound up having something that uh, looked pretty good. So it sounds like you had a lot of trust with each other at the beginning uh, to start this relationship and you knew each other's work because you've been working together for a long time. So it was really a nice melding of work with an existing person that you knew, liked and trusted. So it was easy to come together to decide to write a book together as opposed to putting a notice out on Facebook and saying, hey, uh, I'm looking for a co-author. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Rich, before we dive deeper into the writing process, Richard, just a question for you. You've written a number of books before. Why would you want to co-author a book uh, instead of write a book with your own brand? Well, you know, I kind of like teamwork. Actually, my mm-hmm. other two books were co-authored as well. And uh, I don't I don't find a diminishment in co-authorship. It's funny, some of my some of my writing colleagues said things like, you know, make sure you're the first author or why would you, why would you co-author a book? I, I kind of like working with people. I find it more enjoyable and fun. And, um, and so, and, and, you know, the truth is Michael said, he started this work. Uh, you know, this was really his, a lot of it was his body of work to begin with. So not only did I feel comfortable with Michael being the first author, I thought he just, he should be the first author. Uh, and that, in my mind, that doesn't diminish my role at all. Uh, only if it did in my own mind right. <laughs> would it do that. Uh, so I, I think the idea of writing something together is a lot more fun. I think writing something by yourself can be much more painful. But getting feedback from people is a tremendous benefit in, in the writing process. You know, I'm, I'm, glad that, I, I'm sorry, Michael. I'm glad I asked a tough question. I was almost embarrassed to ask it, but that was a wonderful answer and very empowering answer. So thank you, Michael. Go ahead. Yeah, and I, I would say the same thing. I, I think the content is enriched uh, by the fact that there were two of us. You know, my my chapter on coaching would probably have been two pages where that was Richard's uh, expertise. And it was I, I think I learned more. Uh, by going through the process with somebody else uh, as well, uh, because the feedback and uh, and editing process, uh, you, you start work on your writing. It's a great way to work on on, on not only the content but your style. And uh, Richard and I have a slightly different style, but I think it melded very well uh, as well. Do were you trying to have one consistent voice, or is it pretty obvious that? Michael is writing one chapter and Richard is writing another. And does it make any difference? Yeah, I, I think we tried to have one voice. Yeah. 
Uh, and and uh, we, we would modify sections accordingly to, to, to kind of secure that. Would you, th- do you agree, Mike? Yes. And, you know, we had the individual who helped us publish initially uh, had us uh, uh, made that point about trying to speak it with a similar voice. And, uh, and you know, so, so I think one thing for me that they, it, it adjusted my voice down from being too academic and, and research based <laughs> to be uh, more conversational, uh, which I think was a real plus. Okay. I agree. Okay. Um, you, know, you guys worked together beforehand, so you might have had a shorthand on how to work with each other and know each other's foibles. But I'm wondering if you set up any rules or boundaries or expectations for each other at the outset to keep things so you both knew what was going on. So does that make sense? Yes, it does make sense. Uh, I I was trying to th- trying to think. I, I don't think we had any specific rules beyond we set a plan and we stuck with the plan. And I think that was very helpful. Uh, you know that we wanted to have certain things done by certain times. Once we had a, a publisher, uh, that really helped too because we were well in advance of what they expected. They 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 thought that uh, this is what it typically takes to get a book published. But we were so far along. And so well organized that I think we got we're able to get that book out probably six months more than what would normally have taken. So having a plan, sticking to the plan, and responding on edits, I think were maybe just sort of the, the plan was the explicit thing. The responding on edits was the uh, was the implicit that we just uh, we just were mm-hmm. good at sticking to that. Richard, do you, do, would you have anything else yeah. that came to mind? No, I think the only the only I think assumptions we had or expectations we had is we would set time frames for things. Yeah. So we would say, okay, let's work on this, and we'll get it done by a week from Friday. And I think we were we were pretty insistent about maintaining that that kind of schedule, e- even though we had no, you know, we were just writing it uh, to write it, but we still felt like we needed to have a time frame. Michael and I could be a little bit OCD. There we go. Well, Michael <laughs> is very OCD. I am moderately OCD, so I think that that's been our personality as well. Would you have any suggestions for two other co-authors who don't know each other quite as well as you do? What advice would you have for them to get to the wonderful relationship that you guys had? Now, I think one thing to get a coach, <laughs> uh, you know, somebody who's been through this before for sure. Uh, and, uh, uh, but I think the transparency, uh, would be sort of a one hallmark. I mean, if you didn't like it, you don't like it, say it. If you do like it, make sure you say that uh, as well and, and stick and stick to the plan. Uh, but having a, a third party to, particularly somebody who's, who knows the publishing process and knows the ins and outs and what's going to uh, sort of smooth the skids, I think that, uh, uh, you know, that was, was very beneficial. Yeah, I agree. The, the coach was essential in our case, the publisher served in that role for us and she, uh, you know, she would offer, you know, her feedback was you've got to focus on this or take this direction. So that was helpful. I think the other piece is that one of the themes we emphasize in the book is to go with your strengths is to emphasize your strengths as a leader. And there were things that Michael does amazingly well. And there are things that I do fairly well. And so I think we respected and recognized what those different strengths are and, and worked with them rather than try to force ourselves into a box. If there was something that I didn't really know or wasn't comfortable about, uh, you know, I might take a shot at, at researching it. Uh, but if I knew Mike was really the expert in it, I said, hey, listen, uh, I'm having trouble. I'm struggling with this. Can you help me out? And, and he jumped in. So that was 
always good to know know your know yourself well enough to know what you do well and what you don't do well. Good point. Um, great ideas. Uh, as far as revision goes, you know, getting down to the nitty gritty, how did you work with the revision so that you didn't overwrite each other's work and you knew that each other's, you knew what each other had changed. So we're getting down to the real nitty gritty of, uh, systems here and you might have a very easy answer. And I think there is one, but I'm just curious how you guys did it. Cause I'm working with a, with one of my clients now and we have a nice system and it works for us. And just curious, which is like, we turn the system, I mean, the, the track changes on and then, she sees what I wrote and I, she, uh, and vice versa. But when you move a lot of things around, it can get pretty hairy. <laughs> a lot of red on the screen. Yeah. Uh, how did you guys work with uh, the revision process? Well, we kept everything in Dropbox. Uh, so we used Dropbox as our kind of our foundation. And, um, and, and to be perfectly honest with you, we had a lot of problems with revisions. I'd say, Maybe the first two or three months, Mike, I don't think we really had a good revision process in play for ourselves. Mm. And so we really struggled with that and finally came up with, I think, the decision that, you know, your, you know, the pieces you wrote, Mike, would be the masterpieces. The pieces I wrote would be the masterpieces and we'd only work in those versions. Uh, so we went, we went to write overs or anything like that. We just kept one version ultimately. Is that how you remember it, Mike? Yes, yeah. You know, uh, partly because it was sort of painless. I don't, I don't uh, you know, nothing you know comes to mind as any secret beyond uh, we knew who owned what. I think that's a great way to greatest say it. Who who is the who is the the thought leader in that you know, on the topic that was being written, and uh, that we I think in that case the the thought leader had the final say. Uh, as well, but it, uh, I have to say the the feedback, even as the sections I was a, a thought leader on, the feedback from from Richard from somebody else is always very helpful and ben- beneficial, just to uh, so you don't get stuck in your own brain. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we also the other thing I would add is we we you know we talk every week, yeah, kind of make sure things were on track, and then we'd meet in person, you know, maybe every three or four weeks. We just go down to uh, you know a central meeting location. And we'd spend the morning kind of reviewing what we had. And if there was any question of confusion or anything like that, we would use those meetings to clarify that up. Great. Um, now, getting back to the whole impetus for the book, was this a labor of love where you said, you know, I, we've been working on this. This is a topic that we really like. We don't care if it really sells or not. We did, we're just academics and we want to have fun with this. Or did you say, we're moving in a new direction. We see uh, a potential for a new business in this area and it's not used by anyone else. So let's go in and uh, make a name for ourselves or something else. Yeah, it, it uh, I think started off a little bit as a labor of love, but with the, the success we'd had with the, the sort of retooled approach to leadership development and how to think about uh, building your, your, your cadre of leaders, uh, we realized we had something. Uh, we, we had we, we did we had some very successful projects uh, with a good impact. Uh, the clients were very uh, pleased and very supportive. Uh, so it was uh, it was another opportunity to create some what we call marketing gravity. You know, something you know, uh, something that'll help us 
you know, first of all, it would help helped me put ideas together in an organized form. But then, second, was a way to put it in a in a different uh, in a form that can really catch uh, catch a broader audience's attention. So, I think uh, starting as a labor and ending up as uh, as uh, something great, new, and great. It sounds like you're already making money and getting new clients from the book, even though the book hasn't been published yet. Is that correct? No, the book. Oh, the book is published. Okay, I apologize. Yes. Yeah, the book is out okay. There, yeah, and uh, we we have gotten new business. With it. you never know where the business is going to come from. I uh, I made a trip out to California uh, with a friend, just kind of on a lark. He had some clients he thought uh, might be interested in the book, and we met with somebody who who uh, asked me to just do a one hour presentation on the book. And I said, you know, I'd like to know a little more about your work. And he said, no, no, I just want to hear about the book. So I did a, an hour-long presentation, gave him a copy of the book, and really didn't expect to hear anything from him. Three days later, he calls me up. He says, hey, this is fantastic. I want a proposal from you. Hmm. So, uh, so I, yeah, I, would, you know, I would just add to your previous question. I think it's been a labor of love, and I think it's something that's really powerful and, and meaningful and transformational in terms of how organizations develop their leaders. Uh, so it certainly is the latter. Uh, in terms of marketing opportunities, but I, I'm, you know, I'm very, I've got to kind of contain myself when I talk to people because I think we have something that's really on on target and can make a significant difference in how organizations develop and grow their leadership. Fantastic. Um, as we're wrapping up here, uh, one final question about uh, any tips that you would have to other people who are considering working with co-authors on how to have a successful relationship. Michael? Yeah, no, I think as I mentioned, the, the, the transparency, okay. uh, it would, you know, just uh, was, I think, a key, a key component. Um, uh, for me, it was also learning to let go, you know, when Richard, maybe on the third point said, you know, or made a point that, you know, something just wasn't working or it didn't make sense or I still being too, too academic. Uh, that really helped me, uh, you know, to be able to, to, um, uh, uh, you know, let, let go of something that just wasn't uh, just wasn't uh, clicking. So I think the, the, those two items uh, and it, and recognizing it that it's a partnership uh, as well. It is a collaboration, and uh, collaborations are is not an easy skill to develop. So you have to work at it. And, and, and Richard described how we really worked at the collaborating. Uh, it just doesn't happen naturally. You've got to really uh, be intentional about the approach. Great. Yeah, I, I would I would agree with those. I think uh, letting go is really important because sometimes we get hung up on our ideas uh, and we miss the miss the greater opportunity. I think the other thing is um, you know forge a friendship with this person. Mm. Michael and I are, are good personal friends. We socialize. Our wives socialize. Uh, so I think having somebody who you like and care about uh, is very very important. And I think Michael's idea from earlier about getting a getting a coach, getting somebody who can help you address those issues at the middle ground and uh, can help uh, resolve conflicts and perhaps most importantly, give a third uh, person perspective is a very important component to have somebody like Dan Janelle, for example. Well, I, I couldn't, <laughs> I couldn't agree more. Thank you very much for the plug. I appreciate that. Uh, gentlemen, as we wrap up here, why don't you tell us about who your ideal client is and how they can get in touch with you and then we'll sign off. Uh, you know, we're uh, the, the, our ideal client, client tends to be pretty broad, but we're finding a, a middle market, a middle to larger uh, companies uh, of a great uh, uh, 
a great uh, initial place uh, to begin with, but we also have clients that are 18, 20,000 uh, employees. Uh, but the, with the uh, changing demographics and, the, and, the, and the, the changing business climate, it's a great time to be uh, thinking about leadership and how you're going to sustain your leadership through, uh, through changes uh, and, and if it's going to demand some new skills. And that's exactly what we're what we're trying to do is match uh, match the the the, strat- the leadership and and your talent to your strategy so that it can really drive success. And Michael, what is your website address? Uh, www.mcassociatesinc.com. Uh, we also have a, a, a website for the book, uh, strategydrivenleadership.com. Fantastic. And Richard, uh, who is your ideal client, and what is your website address? Well, our ideal client here is, is organizations between 35 and 400 employees, that mid-market area. Large companies tend to have some models around how they're developing their leaders. Uh, it may work, it may not work, but they, those folks who are heading that, those departments are usually pretty entrenched. These folks with 35 to 400 employees, they're struggling. They're not quite sure how to develop their leaders, and that's a perfect, perfect size group for us. And my website is... Citrin, C-I-T-R-I-N, consulting.com. Great. Thank you. And thanks, everyone, for listening to the Write Your Book in the Flash podcast, the only podcast that shows you exactly how people just like you have built their businesses by writing a book. If you'd like to write your book but don't know where to start, you can find great information at writeyourbookintheflash.com. Thanks again for listening. We'll be back next week with another insightful interview to help you become a top business leader.